This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 74, with your host, Andy Kirby. And Jared Mayo. The man Mayo. How are What's you doing, sir? Up? I'm great. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great as well. You know, I'm, I'm doing well. Yes. What are you up to? So much has happened since we last talked. I know. It's been three weeks since the last podcast. No, no, no. I think it's been six, man. Not been six. Are you sure it's only been three? It couldn't have been six. No, it might have been four. Really? A whole month? Yeah, because we had to push it back, and then you were like, well, well then we have to push it back again, because I'm on vacation. From what? I don't know. <laughs> From the podcast, I guess. <laughs> uh, my daughter broke her arm. I moved offices. I went on a hiking trip. We got two more chickens. Oh, September 26th is when we posted it. Yeah. 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 Well, so tell us about all this stuff. Well, you go first. You you tell me. The no, I don't. I didn't get chickens. I didn't have a daughter that broke anything. You didn't have a daughter, and then she subsequently broke something. That would have been really weird. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. You tell me about vacation. Oh well, we went to Myrtle Beach. It was a surprise for Jennifer for her twenty uh, ninth and one more birthday. <laughs> so. <laughs> She didn't know it was happening. She was just uh, in the bathroom getting ready, and I made sure she had her, her all her makeup on and her hair done, and I walked in with the video camera and handed her a bag that she had wanted, and inside there was a little poem that uh, told her to pack her bags because we're leaving in a few hours. And <laughs> Pack your bags. You're 30. Get out of my house. <laughs> well, no, she's 29 in another year. Oh, okay. So. Okay. So it was fun. We left that night. We went with some friends and laid on the beach, and it was awesome. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I wasn't there. What friends did you go with? I know. We we made these other friends, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went with actually Adam. He's a fan of the body politic, and uh, been he's a newer fan, so been catching him up on all things Marvel and uh, took him to his first comic shop while we were down there. What? Did, didn't he call in last, last he time? He did. Yes. He called in. Adam, and, uh, good to meet you. <laughs> Vicariously through my buddy. Yeah, and they, uh, it was fun. It was just so good. We went out to eat and, you know, laid on the beach and then ate and then laid on the beach and uh, just, well, just, you, you, you know. Well, you do eat every two hours, so. I do. I, I I broke a little bit of a couple of my rules while we were down there, <laughs> but it was fun. It was just totally get up when you want, go to bed when you want, just what I want it to be like every day. <laughs> wow, something to aspire to. It was so good. I know that you're not a big fan of the beach, no. but we didn't get in the water. You know, that's stupid. None of us got in the water. All of us. It was weird because that week we were there, there just up the shore, someone posted a YouTube video of. All these sharks, like, on the beach feeding this school of fish. 
there had to be like 20 to 30 sharks and they were getting stuck on the beach. That's how far up they were. Like, yeah, that's this is why we do not get in the water, people. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That's terrible, man. But that's it's awful. nice to just lay and let the sun beat on you and, and read comics on the beach. And it was great. Yeah, but see, you tan. I can't tan. I'll burn. Well, I had been tanning a whole month before. I got a package, and so I'd go for 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there so that I wouldn't burn. Wait a minute. What do you mean you got a package? Uh, a tanning package. What are you talking Like in the mail? What are you talking about? No, you you go to the tanning place. You know where they have tanning beds? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and you purchase like a 30-day package. Or oh, whatever. like a subscription or something. Like a package, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's how you get that's how you're able to go to the beach and not get burned. Oh, because you're like exercising in that you're 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 modifying your body up until that point. Yeah, you're just introducing a little bit here, a little bit more, a little bit more. So then by the time you went to the like, because then I was able to lay out for three hours and not get burned. That sounds terrible. What did you do that whole time? Laid. Now, see, like, I'm not one to really get bored. I can just sit and be fine. But uh-huh. in a setting where it's just no fun, it's just no fun. No, 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 no. You rent one of those big beach umbrellas. Okay. And chairs. And you can sit under the umbrella and read comics. And then you can lay and you just, you listen to the waves roll in and you feel the sand in between your toes. And you have no care in the world. It's so good. <laughs> I wish every day was vacation. I do too. So did you fly? No, we drove. Okay, good. So no Ebola. Yeah, because it's only in planes. <laughs> right, it's only in planes leaving from Ohio. It's crazy. It's like more people get, you know, swine flu or more people get chicken pox and, and more people die from chicken pox and stuff like that than... People do Ebola, but we're just flipping out. You, you know what? You're right, and I'm, I'm a little guilty of it. You know, it's, uh, and I would say that I wouldn't be so jumpy about it, except, you know, in the Book of Revelation, in the fourth seal, it says that a quarter of humanity is going to die, and pestilence is one of the reasons why. Quarter of the population of Earth, that's a huge number, man. Yeah. Well, I. I'm just as guilty because it, it was on the news while we were on vacation and you and I were texting each other and I just, it's like, you got all the supplies ready. We're heading down. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sorry. I was texting you while you were on vacation about that. My bad. No. I totally no. forgot. I was texting you. I wanted to make sure that you were ready to house us. <laughs> oh, I got, oh, I got it. I got it. I took all the screws out of the, the roofing of my house just in case that becomes currency. Yeah. Screws? Oh, yeah. What happens when society breaks down? How are you going to screw stuff in? you to start hoarding these things. No, you have a hammer. <laughs> All this time. What was I thinking? Oh, Andy. We're not coming <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, so, so tell me about you, buddy. Well, uh, Miss Deidre, my middle child, we took another trip to the hospital. <laughs> she broke now, her Did you arm. get frequent points for going i have a package oh like a subscription <laughs> it's it's like a subscription but it's a package 
And you get points for every time you go, and then like your 72nd visit is free. Well, you get points for every time you go, and if you get enough points, you get three hots and a cot. Three hots and a cot? What's that? It's for like if you get arrested. What's a hot? Oh, three hot meals. Yes, three hot meals. Oh, I've not heard that before. What? Come on. Are you? I thought you were hip with the lingo. Well, no, then again, I've never been to jail like you. Dude, did I ever tell you that there was a guy in the Air Force that was convinced I had been to jail? Have you not been to jail? I No, I have, no, I have not been to jail. <laughs> I don't know why you're asking. I thought you and Eric did something and you guys went to jail for a few days. Are you serious? No. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking out, man. No. The, yeah, everybody at Cedarville is about the time that Andy Kirby went to jail. That, you, they better not be. I better not have that yeah, reputation. That, oh, yeah, there's a plaque and everything at, at the Hill. I did get locked on top of one of the buildings, and I had to ask for help. I was stuck up there for two hours. We got really derailed. What, someone thinks that you went to jail? Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's put aside the uh, broken arm. Yeah, there was a guy in the Air Force who he may have had a young lady girlfriend that was not that was younger than him. And so he was being investigated and he was flipping out and he was like, uh, for some reason, he came looking for me. And this is when I was on medical hold. So I had been there for a year, and everybody else has been there for like eight weeks. And then uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, man, I know it's okay. I know that you had been in jail, and I just need to know, is it, is, what is it going to be like? Am I going to be okay? Like, <laughs> I was like, man, look, I have never been to prison. So I don't know why you were coming to ask me this. But I, I, I can't help you. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> like, anyway, it was crazy. And he wouldn't leave me alone. He was so freaked out. He, would, he asked me on several occasions. He came and found me while I was on duty to ask me these questions. What in the world? Yeah. But you've not been in jail. No, no. Jared. <laughs> Just make it, we're saying the record straight, correct? The record is... I have never been sent to jail or prison or the big house. Have you ever been, like, in a, a holding cell? No. I don't think so. No, uh-uh. Or, like, have you ever been to a police station? I have been, oh, on a scavenger hunt. I went into a police station, and no one was there. But there were surveillance cameras, so <laughs> <laughs> they did see me eventually if someone reviewed that. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> have you have you ever been to prison, my friend? No. <laughs> You're like definitive. No. I can't. I'm appalled you would even ask. <laughs> I'm appalled that you asked me. <laughs> That's just rude. Well, so okay, so Deidre is in jail. Right. So Deidre went to jail. No, Deidre was okay. Imagine this. I'm going to paint you a picture. Okay. Deidre's little friend was upstairs with her, and Deidre was sitting on the counter in the bathroom. Now, okay? can I stop you for a second? Yes. Was this the disrespectful friend? Ooh, good question. No. Okay. 
she was not. She sometimes she needs a little work, and uh, but she was not that. <laughs> she was not that one that you are talking about. She needs a little work. <laughs> I did. I did call her out in Sunday school one time, and I said, "You need to stop interrupting." <laughs> but, but anyway, she shaped up, so it was good. Um, so anyway, her little friend is standing, I think, at the door of the bathroom. We have a bathroom upstairs with two sinks, and then it has the where you would put a door to go to the tub and the commode, if you will, right? Okay. Okay, the door is not there. It is off the hinges. I believe it's up in the attic. We didn't take it off. It just has always been off since we moved in, okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> we do finally have doorknobs upstairs, though, which after a year of no doorknobs, that was good. Moving on up. Okay. So, she is sitting on the counter with her back to the mirror, and she is, you know the towel holders that are like a ring? Okay. Okay. She is putting that towel holder, even though it's connected to the wall, on top of her head, acting like it's a crown, like she's a princess or a queen. Okay. Okay. She then gets down from the sink, and she scoots her little bootum away from the mirror, and she's facing the wall, and her back is to the mirror, and she steps on a bench or a stool that we have there, and the stool slips, and she falls back, and her arm hits the door frame. So the bone right below her thumb on her left arm. Okay. And it's a green stick break. It's the radius of her left arm, and all of a sudden it snapped and <laughs> jumped the tracks. So it's oh. like on top of each other, you know? Oh. Yeah. So I wasn't in the house, but Jackie said she was screaming pretty good. And so Felicity runs out. She's like, Deidre, hurt herself. You need to come in right now. I was like, okay. So I ran in, and Deidre's sitting at the table, and uh, her arm is on the table. And she's like, <laughs> it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. And we have ice on it and everything. And Jackie's like, what do you think? And I was like, uh what happened and she kind of i kind of got the 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 gist of it and i was like i don't know maybe we should wait and see and then jackie takes away the ice and she's like yeah but what about that giant you in her arm (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh yes oh yes that's broken okay let's go (laughs) and uh all of a sudden deidre's face just like all the color drains out of her face and she turns like totally pale white and it looks like she's going into shock and she's going to pass out. And that's when I started to get scared. I was like, oh, we got to go now. <laughs> so I said, here, have sips of water. So first of all, it'll give her, you know, something to process, something to do, like a step-by-step thing. And yeah. then secondly, hopefully that'll keep her from going into shock or passing out. Which wasn't good because you have to wait six hours before you can put somebody under, you know, to mm-hmm. go into surgery. For general anesthesia. So I get her in the car, and it is, like, so hard to get her in the car without touching her arm, and she's freaking out. She did. I never saw her cry, though. So she was just freaking out. And then, like, um, getting her out of the car. We had to park across the parking lot in the emergency room parking lot and had to walk there. And I wasn't going to carry her in. I don't know if this is prideful or stupid or whatever, but I wasn't, like... So many other people, you carry in a child, I didn't know what kind of reaction I was going to get. Like, I need help right now, this child is dead in my arms type of thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't, want, I didn't want to give off that vibe. 
So I, we slowly walked, and at this point she hadn't had any pain medication because I didn't want her to tell the doctor that it wasn't hurt. You know, it's like, oh, it doesn't feel that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So we get there. We have to like, oh, yeah, can you update your contact information? This is very important stuff. I'm like, I know it's important. Here it is. They're like, oh, you still live in that? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> so after 20 minutes of that, Deidre's like, please help me. Please. <laughs> I know. It, it broke my heart, man. And she's like, please hurry. And so then we're sitting down. They finally call us. She sits down. They give her a wheelchair and a pillow. So that's really good. Like her arm sits on a pillow. And then there was a guy there who was a patient who came in right before us. And he's like, oh, look, your arm looks like my arm. And he takes away, (laughs) dude, this guy's arm. It looked like the exact same as Deidre's. (laughs) And he had just broken his arm the exact same way. Oh, not not pretending he was wearing a crown, but like in the same yeah same kind of break, and so uh, he really cheered her up, and he was like, "Oh, what color cast are you gonna get?" And she's like, "I don't know, pink maybe," <laughs> and he's like, "That's good, but just make sure it's a darker color because it could get dirty, and you don't want to you know you don't want it looking ratty." Okay, well, good luck. I gotta go, you know. And so he leaves, and I was like, "Oh, that man was very nice," and. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, dude, the x-rays, they had to take x-rays, and that was like the most painful thing for her in the world. They were like, get on this bed. And she got in the bed the like the worst possible way, like using that arm <laughs> as a hurdle to get over it, to get onto the bed. I was like, Deidre, stop. What are you doing? Stop. And she was like, ah, and then rolled over and it was done. I was like, I was like, let's try to use our brain. I know you're in pain, but. You you know sit on the the bed with your bottom instead of using your arm to get up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they take these X-rays and they have to put it in like the the most hurtful positions in the world. And she's like freaking out. And then they have the X-ray right there, and they're like, okay, well we're gonna have to get her in for surgery. So because there is no possible way. And this nurse is telling me right in front of her, she's like. Yeah, they're going to have to probably put her under because it's going to be so excruciatingly painful. <laughs> and I was like, don't tell her that. <laughs> I turned to her after the nurse leaves. and like, you're going to be asleep. You're not going to feel a thing. So anyway, we wait. Jackie finally gets there, which this is crazy. Jackie, the little girl's parents were busy the rest of the day at soccer games. So when the appointed time for her to be dropped off at her house came she was dropped off and so she was like okay well here's here's the little girl we gotta go and the dad's like well where's Deidre oh she's in the hospital we, we're gonna go <laughs> like, anyway I'm sorry long story short they had to put her under they told me they were probably gonna have to make an incision in order to set the bone correctly and like and get in there they didn't have to do that but they did give her general anesthesia so she had this you know wake up from that and it it took about the whole process we got there at 3 30 or 4 and we we were home by 11 30 so okay took about seven hours and she's doing good now she's doing good she was supposed to get her hard cast she still doesn't have her hard cast she has like a a a firm wrap and some plaster um all the way past her elbow 
She was supposed to get it on Monday, but they looked at the x-rays and they said, you know what, one more week so that we don't have to, you know, cut it off and do more adjustments. The cast, not the arm. Yeah, well, yeah, when you said that she was sitting there and she put her arm on the table, I was thinking she just kind of took it off and sat it up there on the table. Oh, no, 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 that's gross. Yeah, that's what I was like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> oh, man, that's bad. But her feet aren't broken, so I'm not carrying her in the hospital. That <laughs> <laughs> made me feel like a terrible parent. No, I wouldn't have carried her in either. I mean, her feet I aren't broken. I, I didn't know what to do because I didn't want to be like an overreactive parent, but that's a, like, that's a pride issue there. But then I also didn't want to be like, my child needs medical attention right now because you never know what you're going to see in an emergency room. Sure, yeah, somebody's head fell off. Right, or Ebola spewing everywhere. Yeah, you guys don't have it there yet, right? <laughs> yet. <laughs> no, it's a coming attraction. It'll be there, coming to a house near you. <laughs> hey, I'm set, man. Yeah, you're like totally off the grid and everything. I'm not totally off the grid, but I do have 36 rabbits. Yeah, I, I showed Jennifer pictures of those, and she's like, why does he need all those rabbits? And then I told her, and then she got sad. <laughs> those cute little bunnies, they're going to be cute in his tummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of rabbits. Yeah, but, I mean, we're on a rotation. They only last 12 weeks before we eat them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Did they get that big? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they grew that fast. Yeah, well, they start to reach, like, sexual maturity at 12 weeks 12 to 16 weeks and you don't want them going through puberty so it's just a waste of money because they don't gain any weight and they change and the meat becomes tougher so might as well kill them at 12 weeks instead of 16 <laughs> okay <laughs> how, so how are you killing them these days you do you really want to know didn't we talk about this on a previous episode i'm sure we did man because i was trying to tell you the humane way <laughs> the humane way don't Never drown them yeah i called my sister and then stan lee called in and was talking to us about that right he's not stan lee is almost a medical veterinarian almost the, is he a the, vet or is he good doctor i can't remember a vet but he keeps changing his name so that makes me think it's a little shady what does he keep changing his name to yeah he keeps changing his last name i'm like eh, that's not gonna look good on your Medical practice, they're going to be like, why are you trying to change your name so many times, not Stan Lee? Wait a minute, what do you mean changing his name? You mean on Facebooks? Yeah. On the face, on the Facebooks? Yeah, you should get on more often. Um, yeah. You could have seen our Myrtle Beach surprise video. Scott was talking about you. I think I, I heard what Scott was saying. That's because I texted you. Yeah, no, that's true. I would have totally missed it. Yeah, what can you do? You can get on Facebook sometime. At least just look around. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. All right, here's the thing with Facebook. Do you want to? Do you want to know why I don't get on Facebook? Sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> Humor me. All right. Whenever I send like a text to somebody, it's not always, not all the time, but there are certain people that I'm like. Oh, I wonder how that came off, or I don't know how that sounded, or I'll, I'll know if it's okay if they text me back. And then, like, you start worrying, and it's just, like, a, I know that I'm susceptible to that. Like, not everybody is. Not everybody cares what other people think. 
But I know that I'm susceptible, especially when it comes to work stuff, when it comes to, you know, if, if people like me or people like what I have to say or how things are received. Uh, I, 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 I wonder and worry about it. And I think that a lot of people do, too. And that's why they were always checking their likes and they're always checking to see how many comments and stuff like that. So if I know I'm susceptible to that, then I don't want to put myself in that situation where that could happen all the time. Are you laughing? Because this is true. No, I, I was, uh, it's my no allergies. <laughs> do, you, do you not feel that way at all? Uh, you just can't really care. Right, exactly. I'm working on that. So I'm not I'm not mature enough to be on there yet. <laughs> I'm I'm not mature enough to be on Facebook, but I've got three children. No, it's a character issue. Right. I, I I can I can say that I'm not growing yet and or grown in that it's definitely a character issue. I <laughs> you're, definitely, <laughs> you're definitely a jerk. Do, <laughs> don't you think that a lot of people worry about that? Don't they don't oh, yeah. They compare like I, I hear that a lot. That a lot of people, you know, they'll 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 retake selfies and stuff like that to get the perfect one. And if it doesn't get likes, then they'll wonder what's wrong with it. Like how come? I mean, this is all secondhand. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely people like that. Right? You know? Yeah, I could see myself easily falling into that. Is all I'm saying. I understand. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I'm not the most good-looking guy, but I mean, come on. Well, I mean, you can be on Facebook, but without your picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not talking about pictures. I'm talking about, like, comments. Look, I'm a very, very prideful person, like, under underneath. I I live to, to, to try to make Jackie understand how smart I am. <laughs> like, I live to try to impress that girl. And, uh, you know, I'm always wondering, like, oh, well, I'll say this because she'll think I'm smart. Like, deep down, those are truly my motives. Like, that not, might not be what I'm thinking about that second. But afterwards, I'll say, why did I say that? Why did I have to say anything? Because I wanted them to think I was smart. I, dude, I, I'm totally on the same page with you. Okay. It's like every Sunday after Sunday school, I'm like, why did I even speak? <laughs> oh, dude. I should have never said anything. I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. You know, and then, well, the, the when I'm going to this men's Bible study that I cannot stand going to, but Jackie, <laughs> Jackie's like, you should go. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be that guy that speaks up because I know I have a problem, like wanting people to think I'm smart. And so then, I don't know if everybody has this problem, but then nobody speaks up. And then I feel bad for the person leading it because there's no one talking. <laughs> It's a quandary, I tell you. I guess mine is more, less so wanting people to know that I'm smart and more so feeling the need to tell them they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so every Sunday school, I'm like, I could have just let them go on with them thinking they're right. I don't need to let them know that that's wrong. Well, how wrong? Like wrong on important things or like details? Um, well, I mean, it's not like salvation, or anything like that, but people just sometimes say stupid stuff, and I always feel the call to call them on it. Listen, stupid! I That's how it is, and I always look at Jennifer, I'm like, when I said this, how did that sound? And she's like, eh. 
That way I know it wasn't. She said it's a lot about tone. Sure, sure. So we we candidated the uh, the new youth, the new uh, children's pastor at our church, and I raised my hand and asked a question. And afterwards, she's like, "It kind of sounded kind of douchebaggy." <laughs> like, oh, sorry, honey. <laughs> so is that the is that the who what position was that for? Children's director. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Is it was it Jennifer's friend? No. Oh, it was, that's a it was an unknown. Oh, and I'm... so I wanted answers to my questions. <laughs> Excuse me, what do you think about this? I was just like, how do you deal with conflict? No, that's a good. That's a great question. And I got no answer. And I said, um, I don't feel like you've sold yourself. I need you to sell yourself like this is an interview and tell me why you would be better than anyone else at this position. Wait a minute. Why did you say that? Like, was there a point that you needed to know that? Like, why did you say you need to treat this as an interview? Because I don't know anything about this person, but I'm being asked to vote yes or no for her. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. You guys go to a Baptist voting church, of course, right? Yes. Okay. Southern. Southern. Oh, my my bad. Southern. Yeah. (laughs) And I just wanted answers and well you need to be a informed responsible voter yes yes maybe not tell the person that hey you have to interview with me (laughs) no (laughs) and i didn't i said hey you know we're voting on you tonight so i was kind of like survivor you know (laughs) i'm gonna vote yes or no (laughs) and she didn't give me the answer i wanted so then i was even more frustrated (laughs) did you vote against or is that a private vote I voted against her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. But she made it. She passed. And so now she has my full support. Good you know? for her. Yep. Yep. But that's the whole point of having a vote. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly... Jackie loves... Like, I like studying the Bible. I like it a lot. Yeah. However... Going to a Bible study, Miss Jacqueline loves it because she gets to hear everybody's point of view. I don't want to hear anybody's point of view because most of the time I'm like, that's dumb. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But see, I don't say anything. I just look at myself and say, what am I doing wasting my time? (laughs) So anyway, that sounds so arrogant. (laughs) No, I'm with you. You would fit in great with me in my class. <laughs> great. great. Afterwards, we could be like, what in the world? No, dude, I've heard some pretty dumb stuff. Like, well, I'm not going to say anything. But like some of the some of the stuff, uh, <laughs> some of the Sunday schools I've sat in on, these poor people. Well, the Bible doesn't say there's not people on Jupiter. <laughs> like, okay. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Like, I'm not sure that's what Deuteronomy means when they're talking about alien. And, you, and so it's like, do you say something or do you just... I definitely did not say something because other people started jumping in and it was better to watch. And I was just <laughs> looking around for the popcorn. Yeah, sometimes a show is better. Yeah. Like, oh, church and a show. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> when, when are they serving the drinks? <laughs> what, what is this? We serve coffee at our church, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
man. <laughs> we are a comic book podcast. This is Marvel 616 Politics. You can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at 616politics. And of course, of course, go to our new, ultimately awesome website, marvel616politics.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. You can give us a call and leave us a message through any time that you want, and we'll play it on the air, 616-755-TINA. We're also on Instagram at marvel616politics, and we're also on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash user slash marvel616politics. That was close, man. You almost lost it. I did, I did. That was good recovery. Good job, <laughs> Nice job. And we're sponsored by DCBService.com, Discount Comic Book Service. These people are fantastic. Go to their website, DCBService.com, order all your books. We saw The Death of Wolverine become a $4.99 comic book. Terrible. However... <laughs> You can get 40% off for doing nothing. If you order your comics two months in advance and you say, you know what, I know I'm going to read Axis number three, you go there, you order it, and you get 40% off. They come in pristine condition, and you can choose your shipping. You get it, like, if it comes out Wednesday, you get it by Friday or Saturday. It's fantastic. That's it, man. That That's all I got there. <laughs> awesome. Good job. Good job saying our sponsor. Uh, we're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. They are a member discount membership program for all of your purchases through Office Depot. Is you it can, a package? You probably can get a package or a subscription from them. I don't know. <laughs> but you order, you can get a membership with them for $39. It's a lifetime membership. You'll never have another fee for anything. Uh, their website is www.crpsavings.com. They're also on Facebook, and you can use them for anything that you would possibly need through Office Depot. We're also sponsored by michaelwebsolutions.com. For all of your internet building needs, your SEO work, you name it, michaelwebsolutions.com can take care of that for you. All right, you want to hit some voicemails, and then we got some emails too, right? Yes. All right, so uh, we got one. Uh, let's see uh, how this goes. Oh, hey, it's Frank again. Just want to make sure my live one went through. The message did something weird. Anyways, just giving you guys a shout-out for Marvel 616. Talk to you later. Frank Johnson, bye. All right, Frank Johnson. Give Frank us a shout-out. Marvel yeah. 616. Yeah, you know, when I listened to that, I had not heard it pronounced like that before. That was kind of cool. <laughs> Yes, which makes me wonder. I like Frank. I bought his book, uh, and I've been reading it. I haven't gotten very far. But if you're listening, man, you going to say it the way we say it, or are you going to like go off the beaten path? What's going on here? But, well, I mean, Frank is a visionary. He, you know, cer- he, wrote, he certainly he is. write his own book, and he's going to say it however he wants to. He's even going to say his name at the end of his call, at the <laughs> beginning of his call. No, that's good. I like, I like it. I did like it though when he said six sixteen. That was that's it's got it flows off the tongue really nicely. Yes. Yeah, so six sixteen seven five five Tina. Give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Uh, we got another one. Let's do it. Hey there, Randy and Jared. This is not Stan Lee calling you back. Oh, boy. You know, I had to do a lot of soul-searching, a lot of rugged ruminations, and just out-and-out consideration. And I've thought it through, but I can't accept that offer for my home. $48 just isn't going to cut the mustard. Now I know you only make a few cents here and there from the M6P podcast, but then you've got that big T-shirt sale going on to help balance those costs. And boy, can I just not wait to get my hands on one of those. Maybe I'll even order one after I sell my home. Of course, there wouldn't be a Marvel 616 politics without me, right? Of course not, true believers. Listen to your Generalissimo and listen to M6P, the best Marvel podcast around. Excelsior! Now, uh, that not Stan Lee guy, did you, uh, did you offer $48 for his house? I did not. I mean, I know his house is for sale. I thought maybe you offered 48 I think maybe he... <laughs> maybe it was Darren. Maybe it was. I don't know. But, I mean, I can, I can do better than that. Like, I can offer 50 Yeah, I'm... 52 tops. <laughs> 52? I'll do 53. Oh. Well, then maybe we could go halfsies. We could do that. How big is this house and where is it at? Well, it's in California. No, never mind. But he's asking, I think, 3.5 million. 3.5. Oh, I'm 0.1 million short. Mm. Hey, but he, it's true. We did bring up the t-shirt sales and, man, they look good those t-shirts i don't know how the sales look but the t-shirts look fantastic where can we get those you can get those at our website marvel616politics.com click on the story and that will tell you send you to a link um, we're selling them through a website called sell spirit and uh they hooked us up with a great price that includes shipping um for the next two weeks we're going to be selling the shirts and send out that first batch uh at the end of the two-week sale Oh, that's awesome. Is there a minimum we have to sell to to make the order for them to, to print them or no? Uh, no, we just uh, we believe that the body politic is going to come out in full force. And uh, they've been telling us that they've wanted shirts for two years. <laughs> lots of people tell us they wanted shirts. And so finally, uh, Darren got it, got it together for us. This is uh, definitely Darren's doing. He finally um, not he finally I I told him hey we want these shirts and he's the one that put it all together so darren's doing yes big so what colors can we get there. you can get navy black white or pink you can get youth sizes and adult sizes navy white black or pink that's awesome i think i'm gonna get i mean i christmas gifts are already bought i'm telling you that right now <laughs> why not why not hey if i was gonna wear a t-shirt every single day i'll just order five of them you know why not? Well, yeah, I mean, I got a, I got a black one. I got Jennifer a pink one, and after this first order comes in, wear them around, and uh, you know that'll be my new Comic Con shirt. It'll be yes. my Wednesday comic book store shirt. It'll be my Marvel movie shirt. Right on. I'm all about it. I'm gonna come on. Uh, I'm gonna come to work on Fridays, casual Fridays with that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we get some more likes that way. It's got our website on the back and. And uh, after this first sale, we're looking at some other items that could be 
Marvel 616 Politics branded. So right it'll on. be good. I'm all about it. I'm all I'm about it. I'm excited to see Stan Lee wearing one. <laughs> we need to send him one. Uh, he can buy. This He's is... selling a house. <laughs> wow, that's true. Yeah. If he gets and I think Frank one. Johnson needs to get one, too, if you've got his book. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to put pressure on Frank. You know, like, hey, if you like it, buy it. Do it, Frank. Do it. All right, let's go to some uh, emails. Okay, this is from a good buddy of mine who listened to our last show. Andy, Cap Shield was perhaps cast. Remember we were talking about his shield? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alloys are made of different materials melted together. So you could melt multiple materials, mix them together, and then when they solidify, they are harder, stronger, and react differently than the components that make up the shield. Also, the cooling speed has bearing on the alloy's property. So you could have the same mixture with different properties depending on how fast it was cooled. Further, cooling at different speeds during the cooling process can change the properties as well. So vibranium is some unique combination of materials and cooling speed. Just some thoughts on smelting. And remember, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Hmm. Is that from your friend Mark? That is my brother, Mark, yeah. Okay. This guy, I tell you what, he's so dedicated. He doesn't care a lick about comics, and yet he still listens. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that he said is why I hate science. <laughs> it's so hard to understand. I was like, I don't need to know it. No, so basically, basically he's saying if you mix different ones together, they can be stronger than the, uh, the components themselves. Because we were talking about the strength and... How was it made, and how does it not break, and stuff like that. So, No, that's a very scientific good answer. He's like an engineer, isn't he? He's like an engineer. He is an engineer, too. Oh, well, good for him. Good for all of us, really. That's I mean, awesome. with answers like this out there. For real, he should have just... We should have gotten that phone call early from Adam and sent it over to... To Mark and had him answer it. We should. We should. You know what? If you have a phone, if you have a voicemail that needs some sort of specialized attention, you let us know and we'll get it to the right people. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> For a fee, of course. Yeah, buy a shirt. Yeah. Okay. You got some other ones here from uh, Feathers yes. McGraw. I'll ask the question and let's hear what your answers are, Andy. Oh, I should have asked the question. Okay. From Mr. Feathers McGraw. Uh, first question, with She-Hulk ending at number 12 and only selling about 20,000 copies, with Storm and Captain Marvel also selling similar, why is it that all these female characters who have long histories and fan bases don't last or sell well? My answer is because they're not doing anything spectacular or central to the Marvel Universe. That's why I think. They become cult characters like Captain Marvel, everybody, all those people that like her haircut. I don't know who they are. <laughs> but they, um, they're they good self-contained books. But if you only have a certain amount of money to spend per week, like let's say it's, it's – let's say we have a generous amount of money, like $25 a week, okay? And that's a lot. So that's like 100 a month. That's a lot to spend on comics. Yeah. So – that means with tax and everything, you're buying five books a week. You're not going to be able to fit, like with two Avengers books and two uh, X-Men titles, you know, all new and uncanny, or if you like that other X-Men that I know you like. I don't know why. 
and then like you know like pick up a solo title whether it be spider-man or captain america or something like that and if these things are double shipping well then there goes your money right there so you have to say okay well i need to know what's going on the the entire marvel universe even though i like these other characters and so you're going to pick the central storylines most people i would think what do you think i think that is a wonderful answer I think it'd be great to see some of these books that are lower tiered, price them at two ninety nine, and see if there's a difference. If there is a difference, then you've got your answer. And if there isn't a difference, you don't have your answer. You know. But <laughs> well, you're right. have you have you been reading She Hulk? No. It is a really good book. It, I mean, it's really fun. It's well written. It's Charles Soule. Um, another thing might be with that specific title ending. He's probably got a lot on his plate. Um, because they keep giving him a lot, and I know he's writing for DC as well, and he is a full-time lawyer. So, um, that might be what, what's what's going on with She-Hulk ending early. Well, I think you you also bring up a really good point with the main titles. You know, are you gonna spend your twenty-five dollars reading stuff like Axis and the main Avengers, main X-Men, or you know, main Hulk book, or or Captain America, or whatever? Do you really have the funds to then buy She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Rocket Raccoon, Star-Lord, Storm, like all these books that are great adventures but don't necessarily, you know, pertain to the big picture or might not really matter, you know, after a year or two. And a lot of the uh, I think we're going to get into this with the other questions as well, but I really think the paradigm shift um that we have with uh Axel Alonso being in charge is let's give some of these lesser-known characters a try, but let's make sure that unless it's a huge seller, we, we just pitch it for 12 issues or we just pitch it for six to eight issues and just know that going in. So we got an, uh, a War Machine book or a Iron Man 2.0 or whatever it was called, Iron Patriot book. Um, you know, we got Secret Avengers. We'll have Bucky. We'll have all these solo titles that we're giving the spotlight to a lot of these characters so we can try them out and gauge fan reaction. But also, the the story we want to tell is just a maxi series anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like if it sticks, we'll stick with it. And if it doesn't, no big deal. Right. Because, you know, if you announce a limited series, if you look at how limited series sell, they don't really sell that well right. anymore. Right. Back in the day, they did. You know, they'd be top ten sellers. Uh, just put an X character on it and call it a limited series and people will buy it. But if you were to do like, you know, a Gambit four issue limited series, people are going to say it doesn't matter, not going to buy it. But if you say we're going to try a Gambit series, they'll try it out for a little while, hoping, you know, that maybe it will make it. Right. Knowing that the story, you know, what's your first story? That's a great hook. Uh, can you come up with more if we let you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not finite. Right. And right. then at issue 12, it becomes finite. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the second question is, to follow up from that, will these established characters failing to keep books for too long, with these well-established characters failing to keep books for too long, are Marvel right to launch books for Squirrel Girl, Silk, and Spider-Gwen, when the last two are entirely new characters, and all three are relatively similar? Again, I would say that this is a different philosophy of selling comics. Like, let's say that you're making your margins and you're making your, your sales numbers with your uh, mainstream books. Well, why commit to long-term uh, stories when 
that affect the entire Marvel Universe when you could say, well, wouldn't it be fun to do this and let's try a lesser-known artist or a lesser-known writer on this and see how they do, see what the crowd reception is, and then we'll just wrap it up. And that way this person gets their time in the spotlight or this character gets their time in the spotlight. We can always bring it back. There's a little bit of character growth, but we're not committed to the long haul. So is Marvel right to do this? I think that I like the the varying exposure, and I, 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 I think I'm in love with the high number count of issues. You know, X-Men number 500, that's fantastic. I love that because it, it feels like you're part of something bigger. And so the low numbers kind of cheapen you out, like, oh, why are we restarting again? But on the other side, you're saying, okay, well, we're going to do a Squirrel Girl. It'll be fun. You know, like, this is the tone of this book. This is the art. This is that. And then, you know, that's going to end, but then we'll give the spotlight to, you know, we'll do a cable series, and then that'll end, then we'll do a gambit, and, you know, I, I don't know. I like it. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a neat little change. And then hopefully, if you don't like the book, then that means that when that book wraps up or gets canceled, it's going to be replaced by another lesser-known character so that you have a chance to like that one. And so you're hitting a lot more, it, it's, a, it's casting a, a wider net, I think, for fan base. So you can start to pull more people in. And like if these if they were smart, I think what you would do is take these characters in their own books and start having them interact with other characters that are in other books so that you get exposure to other characters. So the fans reading those would say, oh, I really like the portrayal of Captain America or, you know, Silk in that book. So when that comes on, they'll be like, oh, I've waited for a solo title for this character. You know, you don't want to just... That was the problem with Iron Patriot. It was a pretty good read. I liked the art, um, but it didn't an- interact with any other Marvel characters. It was a very solo series. The villain was um, a new villain, and the the supporting cast was just his family, you know, like Rhodey's family. So it had no ties to the Marvel universe at all. Not that it didn't have, it didn't have to have lasting effects. It had zero ties. So if you're if I was a writer, like let's say what the, what's the guy's name? Al Al's Cot, I think. I would say, yeah, I would love to do an Iron Patriot book. I'm going to bring in Iron Fist or something else, so that now I have another story to pitch to them. Oh well, remember when Iron Patriot talked to Iron Fist about this? Well, now I'm going to focus on that story, and it's kind of like a uh, uh, McCann McCann, who you say. Uh, when he did all those miniseries of, from Hawkeye. You know, I wasn't a big fan of him, but it went from story to story, and he said, okay, well, now we're going to tackle this, and now we're going to tackle this. And it's the same thing as, like, Deadpool, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, Deadpool Illustrated, and now Deadpool vs. Hawkeye, Deadpool vs. Carnage. Like, you, you put those seeds in there so that you can pitch the next story. Like, to me, that's, that's good for a writer and artist to do because... Uh, you know, you always want to leave those doors open because you're working contracts. You're not working for Marvel. You're not a Marvel employee. So why would you say, oh, yeah, the best idea is to do a standalone book with no outside characters and nothing to do. So then when they say, you know what, nobody likes this book and nobody likes your character, (laughs) you can't say, you know, you have nothing to stand on. Oh, well, nobody likes him, but... If you notice that this issue with this person sold a lot more than those issues, I have an idea to do a spinoff limited series. You know, just give me six issues, 
you know, sell yourself type of thing. Do you think you'll be picking up those three books? Um, I will read Squirrel Girl, um, depending on who's writing. Who's writing that? Do you know? I don't. I do not. I do not like Silk, but uh, exactly what I'm talking about. They did, you know, guest artists and everything for the Spider Gwen, and that was good art and that was good writing. So if the same writing team is on that same one as the what was it, Edge of Spider Verse number two? Um, I might pick that one up, you know, knowing that it's only going to be a 12 to 24 issue series at best. Yeah, I'm along for the ride. That's not a commitment at all, you know. But see, I don't. I spend my money on comics. I don't spend my money on anything else. So yeah. but the people that that have other hobbies or need to, you know, pinch pennies a little bit more than I do, they're they're not going to buy it. So that's a very well thought out answer. What do you think, sir? I really can't follow that. I think that was awesome. I'm so happy that you think I'm smart. (laughs) (laughs) We had one last question. What do you think of the Magneto and Loki agent of Asgard titles, uh, the Moon Knight post-Ellis book, if you're reading it? You go first. I love Magneto. It's probably in my top three or four titles right now. Just can't get enough of the Magneto title. Loki, agent of Asgard, I can leave outside in the pouring rain in a mud puddle. I can't stand that book. I've tried and tried. I just can't get into it. How many issues have you read of that? Uh, three. Yeah. I read the first one, and then both these Axis issues. I just found myself skipping pages. <laughs> and uh, Moon Knight, I've never been able to get into, so I can't answer that one. Um, Magneto's really good. Colin Bunn has a good hold on him. The story, it's very episodic. It has the same story beats, it seems like, every single time. Which, you know, that's neither here nor there. If you're on board with that, that's fine. Um, As for Loki, Agent of Asgard, man, that's a rough book. (laughs) It's all over the place, and it's... I don't think they know what they're doing. I'm surprised it lasted this long, but it's kind of like they gave a couple issues to that um, to the Thor series. You know what I mean? It was Thor and Loki, and they didn't have a Thor issue, and they didn't have a Loki issue for um, a couple months. And so if I was the writer and they did that to me, I'd be like, oh, I didn't get a chance to tell my story. Keep it going for a couple more months. Don't cancel this. Uh, Moon Knight post-Ellis. I really like the art. I, I heard a lot of people complain that, um, well, not a lot, but some people complain that it was it, it the layout was awful and it it was kind of derivative, um, trying to be like uh, whoever the artist was with Ellis. But I didn't I didn't think it was that bad. Um, so anyway, the the Moon Knight book I thought was I, I, I like the writing. It's all right. It's I gotta see where it goes. It's Brian Wood. Ellis's was way better, more creative. Brian Wood is focusing more on the character of Moon Knight. Ellis was focusing more of the impact of Moon Knight on the people around him. That sort of thing. Gotcha. All right, you ready for some uh, current events? I am. Let's do it. Current. 
All right, we will be tackling Axis and Death of Wolverine. But, I mean, that's all we can really do here. That's all that's been happening right now. Well, I mean, I had the agenda written down a long time ago before we pushed it back, and we were going to – you were so lucky, man. We were going to be doing all the number ones, so that included Guardians 3000. The number ones? Yeah, Guardians 3000 number one came out, and then a couple other number ones. What other number ones are you talking about, fool? I don't know. I'm going to have to look at the old agenda, but there were I two figured, others. I figured you'd want to do all Spider-Verse stuff. Uh, no. No. We'll save that for next time. I'm really not following it. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many tie-ins. It's... No, no, there's not. There's just that limited series, the Edge of Spider-Verse, and then... Um, and a couple issues of uh, Spider-Man 2099. Are you sure that's it? But then there's like a... Are you sure? Yeah. Hmm. What else is there? I don't know. I'll trust you. You trust me, huh? The, I just... I don't know what other number ones came out. All right, you... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. I th- never mind. I think Death of Wolverine number one. Didn't we do that or no? That doesn't really count. That's a limited series. Oh my bad. I thought you number meant, like, one doesn't count. Oh Bucky number one. Oh okay. Um. And there was one other. I don't know. I don't know. Lip, you want to do Death of Wolverine or Axis first? Um. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Why don't you tell me what we have learned from Axis up until this point? Oh, okay. I, I I did short little summaries for each issue. Yeah, do it. Do it. Okay. Um. So the Avengers are battling Plant Man, pretty uh cool villain. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but they're not acting like themselves at all. So they defeat Plant Man and realize that the Red Skull's telepathy is affecting the entire world. His whole hate telepathy that he's got now. Um, so Stark makes inhibitors uh, for to mental powers for the team at their headquarters. But on Genosha, the Red Skull is battling Scarlet Witch, Rogue, Havoc, and Magneto. Uh, Magneto discovers Cyclops, Quentin Quire, and Genesis as they battle Ahab. Storm, Colossus, and Nightcrawler arrive and bring along a variety of the 616's most popular heroes. They battle the Red Skull, but not before he reveals the inner workings of Tony Stark's mind provided him with adamantium sentinels. Oh, bad stuff. This is terrible. Why were you excited for this? Oh, really? Yes! Uh, You don't like it? No, do you? Um, I it, it wasn't what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you were so looking forward to this. Do you like it or not? It's I, I'm still warming to it. Okay, wait. Okay, let's go through. You do number two and number three, and then we'll just talk about the whole thing. Okay. All right. Uh, Number two, the team's battle against Red Skull and the Sentinels. Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange work on a spell to bring Professor Xavier to the forefront of Red Skull, but are defeated before the spell can be completed. Uh, Let me stop you right there. Red Onslaught. 
Sorry. Right? Red Skull Onslaught. Red you know, Onslaught. Red yeah. Onslaught. Um, Magneto leaves Iron Man as he is being stepped on by a Sentinel. Slowly but surely, all the heroes are defeated except for Iron Man. As Red Onslaught is ready to claim victory, Magneto arrives with backup. The vilest villains of the Marvel Universe. Episode number three. (laughs) The villains make quick work of the Sentinels and do a tough battle with Red Onslaught. With Doctor Strange knocked out, Wanda must perform her spell with Doctor Doom. They complete their spell and the heroes are okay while the villains have disappeared. Evan has been transformed into Apocalypse and the X-Men and Avengers argue about what to do with the Red Skull's body. Steve Rogers says it'll be kept at Avengers Tower, which causes a split between the X-Men and the Avengers. Well, the X-Men Unity team, right? Or no, everybody. Everybody? Between the X-Men and the Avengers. Ah. Havoc goes with the X-Men, and it looks like Rogue stays. Okay, let me ask you a couple questions here. Number one, on this character Bible that they have, it has Nomad. In anywhere, have we seen a character that we know is called Nomad? Yeah, I thought that was really strange, too. Okay, do you know who that is? I know who Nomad is. I think it's supposed to be Captain America's new name, right? Steve Steve Rogers' new name? Oh, that's what he's going by? That's what I'm asking you. I mean, I remember the 90s character Nomad. Well, isn't that doesn't that make sense in this or no? That would that would make sense. He could go by that. Okay, now the second one. Open up the character bible and tell me on the the bottom row it says Iron Fist. Yes. Did you notice that? Yeah, they said that was a misprint. Okay. Well, I would think so. <laughs> like, who does that? Who says, who over there that works at Marvel <laughs> puts this on there and says, well, I guess I don't really know much about this. So that's what you're upset about? Well, that is one of the few things. But that's like, epitomizes the problem. This this book, man. This is terrible. This better change. <laughs> You've got six more issues. No, it's not a nine issue series, right? Yes, it is. Oh my goodness gracious! Did you think it was over? <clears throat> I was only hoping. No, I thought it was eight. Okay, so first of all, the all, all this premise is just like how much of this is editorial and how much of this is Remender going? You know what would be cool? And how much of it is like, okay, well, I've been working on this since, uh, you know, Franken-Punisher. <laughs> like, who in the world gives Marvel's next event to the guy who made Franken-Punisher? Well. Okay, so here's, here's my problem. <laughs> okay. Okay, so they kill Red Skull. Magneto does. And so then all of a sudden... Red Onslaught happens, and he's got these octopus things, and he must have known that he was going to get killed or something. And then he he says, okay, I'm going to battle the heroes and sentinels, and guess where these sentinels came from? And not only are they sentinels, but they're adamantium. You know, and it's like, they, they came from you, Tony Stark. Well, I don't remember that. It was way back in Civil War 
when you were forming all the ways to defeat all the heroes, that's what I'll use. And th- But guess what? We never considered the villains. Like, if he was going to make... Okay, so stupid. <laughs> if he was going to make a list of how to defeat everybody, wouldn't his first list be how to defeat villains and not how to defeat heroes? Well, no, because he was fighting against mostly heroes in Civil War. Yes, right. But before Civil War, who was he mostly fighting against? villains right right so the first list he would have ever made if he had a bright idea of making a list uh, and then building a sentinel to defeat these guys wouldn't he do that to villains first well yeah right so (laughs) it's like only the villains can take out these sentinels because he designed them to take out oh it's so stupid (laughs) and this like border on it that's axis and then like falcon like the the dialogue is terrible falcon doesn't act like falcon at all he's like on a total power trip well i think that's part of the whole i don't think any of the characters are really acting much like themselves i think that that might be true that might be true that has to do with the whole incursions okay because, I mean, they were all jerks when they were fighting Plant Man. And then, you know, the way that Nightcrawler's talking, the way that, you know, Cap Falcon is talking, uh, all of them, they're just nasty. <laughs> I was totally not a fan of Red Skull falling in love with Enchantress. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan of, like, why in the world would Magneto say, we got to fight Adamantium Sentinels. Carnage, you come with me. Like, the people that the writer chose just are not good, you know? Like, well, you got the main, kind of the main villains in the Marvel Universe. Really? For the most part. For the most part. Not all of them. Jack-o'-lantern. What did I just say? <laughs> Crusher Creel. <laughs> yeah, Jack-o'-lantern, Absorbing Man, and Hobgoblin. Those three aren't, like, the main, main ones. But other than that, those are some big names. Right, but I mean, who's powerful enough to take down a Sentinel besides Doom? Well, we just found out. Magneto is. Apparently Crusher Crit. Well, I know, yeah, I bet Magneto could. But Sabretooth, like, and then did you read the Magneto tie-in issues? I did. I was, the leading up, Road to Axis, or whatever, March to Axis, Magneto issues were really good. This last one, where he goes and talks to these people about coming to help him, Oh my goodness, not good. Why? It's just all shoehorned in there. Like, all right, Colin, you have to figure out a story in which he tries to persuade Doom and Carnage and Deadpool and Enchantress to come. And it's it's just like, all right. I think he did the best he could. Well, that's what I mean, man. He probably did do the best he could, but it wasn't that good. Oh, I thought it was good. I thought he did a good job of explaining getting them together yeah but okay it's very unrealistic all right i know i'm saying that about comic books i was gonna say come on the dude is wearing one dude is wearing an orange cape and riding a glider yes all right just timing he flies from genosha they're fighting he goes and visits all these people and has a conversation with them 
Do you know how long it takes to have a conversation with one person trying to convince them of something? But then you got travel time. And I then you got Enchantress can be explained with all that stuff. Does it explain it or you're just saying that? I'm saying that. He had to go to Laveria. Well, yeah, I thought the same thing too, but maybe they used Doom's po- time portal, time machine. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't it's just no, I agree. The timing is definitely off because those conversations would be days. And I was kind of disappointed with the art. I did like uh, number three, Lionel U. That was really good. Yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of the Qbert brothers, but it looked kind of rushed. Yeah, it looked very rushed because he's a great artist, but I think maybe he just had a lot on his plate and was a little overwhelmed because that's not typical of him. I'm I'm wondering if. It, it makes me wonder if maybe I don't like this Kubert brother. Like, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I only like one of them, you know? <laughs> but I do say Francis Yu's Loki is pretty menacing. I, kinda, I don't know. I kind of felt some of his stuff was rushed, too. I'm wondering if, you know, how this was all thrown together, if they all had enough time and stuff. Well, it is coming out weekly. Who knows? What do you think? Okay, the only interesting thing to me. What do you <laughs> think about the uh, – and I'm not overstating. I'm not exaggerating. This is really the only interesting thing about this story <laughs> is Genesis turning into Apocalypse. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens because he's on the cover of the next issue. Okay. So the only reason I think that this is cool is because this is the writer that brought – that created genesis so to speak <laughs> right remender is the one that brought him into being right mm-hmm. right so i'm very interested this is kind of his baby now he can do what he wants so explain to me what you think is going to happen and then on the next cover when we see Kluh instead of hulk <laughs> and you know how are these people going to change uniforms does this does this build into like time runs out or what do you what do you think what's going to happen because these issues were super action heavy which i think is a different if if they change it to be a less of a build-up you know usually you have your first act with a narrative hook and then you have your action second and then you have you know your your resolution your act three or you know maybe the actions in act three with the with the climax of the the, the conflict or whatever but this one, it was like so much action on the front end. It was like we were dropped in the middle of a story. Like March to Axis was chapter one, and this was chapter two. Yeah. So what do you think he's trying to do with that story, and then how do you think this fits into the bigger picture? I'm kinda, I kind of don't know where to go with this uh, because I know, you know, I know that Iron Man is going to su- be superior, and you know, I know that Sabretooth is going to join the Avengers. So... I know that between issue four and nine, these incursions are going to take place with, you know, a lot of our favorite characters, and it's going to change their their personalities on their axis, if you will. Um, but <laughs> I don't what do you what do you mean incursions? The the incursions, like it's changing the the personalities. Like that's why Iron Man is going to be the way he is, and Sabretooth is going to be the way he is, and. Oh. Okay. All right. So I don't I don't know how that like if it's gonna come out of the spell. I, I think it's gonna have a lot to do with what Doom did. 
in that how he worked with Scarlet Witch and used the the chaos magic instead of Doctor Strange, and that might be part of the play uh, between that and the Red Skull's telepathy, and uh, but I don't know how this is going to fit into to the you know the countdown, but but you know. I read the countdown issues that came out, and they talked about the X-Men being on X-Nation in New York, you know? Is it, in New, is it in New York? Because I, I didn't catch that. I, I thought so, and I, that would make sense. We've got this split that just happened with the, you know, the X-Men kind of all coming together, Havocs, you know, from the Avengers Unity Squad, Cyclops from his team, and Storm from their team, you know, they're all together now, so... Is this going to be where the X Nation starts and will eventually dovetail into what's going on in Avengers and New Avengers right now? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think we'll probably get Charles Xavier back. Don't you think? Oh, you think he'll be back that soon? Yeah. Yeah, it's surprising, but I think, yeah, we'll probably by the end of this get him back. Um, I think Apocalypse is going to be reinstated as a major villain. Um, they'll defeat him, but he'll still be around. Red Skull will be taken out of the picture, but I don't know any of the mechanisms, and I don't know what any of the lasting effects are. But what I don't understand is how in six months, like let's say that this, is this book weekly, or is it going to go to bi-weekly, or what's going to happen? It's almost weekly. Okay. It'll be out by a dis- by like December 9th or so, everything will be out. So it's going to lead into Superior Iron Man, but then we just read in Avengers that he's on the run. We don't know where he is. So like how superior can he be? And there's no talk of... Like this, I don't see the, how this fits together, and it's just really confusing with... Like we always say, well, this is going on in this book, and that's going on in that book, and they, you know, where do they connect? Well, let's give them a little bit of latitude. But the way Brevoort was talking is that this, you know, the reason why uh, it is the way it is in Avengers and New Avengers is because all the books lead up to that, and we're going to see in the next seven months. It's the prequel. At two, and then we're going to catch up and Avengers is going to be on time and not in the future anymore. Yeah. So that would mean that almost every single book has to fall in line. Well, this is a major issue for going toward that. And I just don't see the connection, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Claw is not in that book. And, uh, you know, obviously we don't see Apocalypse. That's not as big a deal. But... Where's Iron Man? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm assuming maybe the inversions will pass? <laughs> I, I guess. Know. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not sold on this book. I The art on number three drew me in, and then with Apocalypse coming back was good. But you know what? It was it was really tough to take, take him seriously because of Deadpool. You know, like Deadpool yeah. was hugging him and like, uh, like, uh, you know, if you're going to make a big impact on the reader, don't cheapen it. But everybody loves Deadpool. Yeah, I like Deadpool, but, you know, that I, I like Apocalypse more. 
Yeah, but I mean, he had to either fit into the the universe or he doesn't fit in the universe. Who? Deadpool? Yeah. So either his, his titles can exist, you know, in an island all by themselves or they count. I meant in this issue though that he could have he could have just ignored the character and or not showed him on the panel or something. Yeah, that's all. Um, let's let's talk real quick about this access hobgoblin. Did you read this? I did. Okay. What'd you think? I thought it was awful. <laughs> well, you're the more Spider-Man guy, so <clears throat> so talk to me. Okay, yeah, it was very much steeped in the Spider-Man universe, which was surprising to me. Uh, because I thought it was going to be more access. Now, Roderick Kingsley, was he a fashion guy? Not that I remember. Right, me neither. And so I'm wondering if this is a new status quo that was made by what Doom did, and so that's turning things on its side, or was it... Like, I didn't know if the change was that he was famous and selling franchising out stuff, or if it was that he's franchising out heroes instead of villains you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so anyway what what did you think about it uh i mean it was kind of a throwaway yeah need to have it i thought it was an interesting take you know on self-help gurus and stuff like that it was something i hadn't seen done in comics before right you know so it is what it is for a character i don't really have an affinity for I thought the I thought the cover was fantastic. Yeah, it was simple. And that's kind of what drew me in. So. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about that book. <laughs> Are you a big Hobgoblin fan? I do I do like the Hobgoblin, but um there hasn't been much Hobgoblin since I've been starting to read. So for the past thirteen years, there hasn't been much Hobgoblin. You know, and when it was, it wasn't the real guy. You know, we we're always waiting for the Hobgoblin to come back because before I started reading, he was on an island or whatever. And so then we had, uh, not Leeds, who's the other dude? Phil Urich, who was the Green Goblin, and then he was part of the, not the Slingers, but the, the self-help group. Um, I forget what they're called. The Outcasts? Nope. I forget. Anyway, somebody's Googling it right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, loners, that's it. Oh, the loners. Okay, I forgot yeah. about them. Right, he was part of the... That was mentioned in this book. Um, he was part of the loners, and now he's back, and you know, Slot is writing him as this uh, crazy guy who takes the Hobgoblin mantle, and then Kingsley comes and um, tricks him into thinking that he killed Kingsley and all this stuff. You know, it's just, it didn't seem like the real menacing Hobgoblin. Like, most of the screen time that we've seen or panel time that we've seen with Hobgoblin has not been against Spider-Man. So it's like, he may be back, but we only see him fighting Yurik. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's not really him. So this book was a, was a huge disappointment. Because I thought it was going to, like, be a refreshing new take uh, and reinstate him as a, a big-time character, and I just didn't get that feeling. Well, it was definitely a new take. That's true. That's true. Right? <laughs> right? I mean, do you want me to punch you in the face? Agree with me! 
All right, Death of Wolverine number four. Did you read it? I did. Are you? You kept trying to hit me in the face. What's going on here? Yeah, I'm just punching you. Okay. <laughs> what is that? Dude, do you not feel it? <laughs> all right. First of all, McNiven's art is just fantastic, right? Oh yeah. I mean, he he could draw a, a picture book of puppies, and I would read it. <laughs> <laughs> This book seemed so rushed. The art was fantastic, but then pretty much he, Wolverine races in, Cornelius, he's doing, Dr. Cornelius is doing uh, experiments, trying to put more adamantium into other people, and he's got the healing factor serum that he's given to these guys so that they can uh, withstand the procedure. Wolverine says, nope, uh... Cornelius wanted Wolverine for his healing factor and he shows him that he doesn't have one and basically there's a giant fight and he unleashes all the adamantium and it gets all over him he saves the day and then he goes up on the roof and he dries out and that's it he's dead what'd you think? it was extremely anticlimactic extremely what what how did you think he was going to die did you have thoughts on that in a in a giant physical structure because this is a physical character a, a struggle because this is a physical character mhm right mhm but it took a way more poetic turn the thing that has been allowing him i guess all this time to fight was the thing that was his ultimate demise you know yeah. So I can get that. Um, I can understand that. I can appreciate that. But, like, it's not what you want when you read a Wolverine book, you know? But so how did you – But so then how did you want him to go out? Fighting Sabretooth? Um – I think I would have liked him going out, laying down his life for somebody else who he cared about, who he had a legacy with, not just strangers who he didn't know, he didn't want to, you know, condemn to his fate that he lived through, but rather like saving Kitty or saving Jubilee or... I heard somebody talk about this on another podcast. I really liked what they said. Um, We saw when Human Torch died in Hickman's run. Like, that was very impactful. Did you read that? Did we talk about that on the show? Yeah, I remember running to the store that morning and getting the black-bagged version of the book. Right, right, exactly. Okay, so he he closes, he sacrifices himself in the negative zone and beats all those bad guys to save Thing and Val, right? Yes. And, like... It had such an impact because it was like, here's this guy who is selfish and he's arrogant and he's, when it comes down to it, he's got his priorities right and he's laying down his life for for those he loves. Well, this was just like, I'm tired of living. I'm not going to let these guys suffer the same fate. So I'm just going to throw caution to the wind, get all this stuff on me and then you know, go up to the roof and make sure that I suffocate with dry adamantium on me. Well, that's... He didn't commit suicide. 
Well, I mean, he he didn't try to get the stuff off of him, right? Well, he he, he couldn't get it off of him. He he slashed the tubes to make sure that they wouldn't get it, and then proceeded to run after Cornelius. I don't know, man. Like, you can't make sure your your airways are clear. <laughs> I think you t- you talk about him being tired, and I think part of it was a lot of exhaustion. Just you know, he didn't have his healing factor anymore. He didn't have the fight left him in him anymore. He'd been beaten and broken for the past couple of weeks, and it was kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back. So, did you like it or not? I did like it. I thought it was fitting for Wolverine to die by the thing that he'd been using as a weapon since his first appearance. Oh, the adamantium. Interesting. I did not think that you would like this. Go on. <laughs> I mean, we look at Sabretooth as his main villain, and then there are people like Cyber and Lady Deathstrike and stuff. But ultimately, Wolverine's main villain has always been Dr. Cornelius. Even though he doesn't, he's not a villain of the week and doesn't show up in big crossovers and stuff, you know, Wolverine has always been defined by not knowing his past and what he does know of his past. Um, you know, he hated Dr. Cornelius for turning him into this animal. And so everything that Wolverine has really done has stemmed from this, this, these years of experimenting and ultimately bonding the adamantium to Wolverine's bones that Dr. Cornelius did, you know, years and years and years ago. So to me, Dr. Cornelius is Wolverine's main antagonist, not Sabretooth or Magneto. And to have him go out taking Cornelius out at the same time while, while saving people, to me, was pretty heroic. I can see that, and uh, I think you make some really good points. And, and So then I guess I'm wondering now if, if it was the pacing that I had a problem with. Was it anticlimactic because it wasn't meaningful to me or because I, I didn't see, uh, I didn't, I didn't see the, the literary themes or... Or was it because it just read too fast, or I read it too fast, and, or was it the the posing, like the last page? It, I don't know. It just looked like he was molten man, and that was it. And so it was like, you know, you didn't see this. I don't know. I don't know. I think part of it was it's. I mean, how long has this been built up? You know, hasn't it been like eight months since they've been talking about Wolverine's going to die? Oh, I think longer than that. I think it's been 12 to, to 16. Okay, so let's say 12. So it's been a year. You know, we've been, we've been told Wolverine is going to die. So when you are expecting his death, you are expecting something big, you know, because it's been talked about forever. When you bring up, you know, Human Torch... It was in a black bag. Nobody knew it was going to happen. We just knew it was going to be a really cool issue. There wasn't, you know, 12 to 18 months of stories being built up to Human Torch dying. You just didn't know. And it took place in his own ti- in Human Torch's title, Fantastic Four. Right. Whereas there's just been build-up after build-up after, in this title, in this title, and Wolverine getting beat up, and, you know, he loses an eye, and... And all this stuff has happened, and then it's going to be in a miniseries, and all, and then after that, there's going to be another miniseries. 
So we already knew everything that's happening after Death of Wolverine, that by the time you get to Death of Wolverine, you're kind of like, eh. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I do understand that. I'm not sure if... I don't know. I have to sit and think about it a little bit more of what what I didn't find satisfying about this issue, you know? It wasn't not it, it wasn't the writing that I didn't find satisfying. It definitely wasn't the art. It just felt like he wasn't with anybody important when he died and he he laid down his life for I guess he laid down his life for himself, I suppose. You know, like those guys symbolized what he was before he turned into who he was and he hated it so much he wasn't going to let it happen to them so i I can see it i don't know i i I might have to reread it the whole i think he laid down his life for for everyone because dr cornelius has done how many experiments on how many people and how many people was he continuing to do that for true true that you know when do you think he'll be back whoo good question um I would say longer than uh, longer than Charles Xavier. So, however long Charles is away, um, and then we'll you know add a couple months onto that. Okay. Yeah. You? Yeah, I think it's gonna be a while. I think Marvel's gonna enjoy their time with out Fox's leading character. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to hit our top five, or you want to go into, um, you just want to go into State of the Union? Oh, top five sounds good. Oh, okay. Well, let's do that. Top five. All right, top five. The top five heroes and or villains who should just switch teams. If they're a hero... We will posit that they will make a better villain. If they're a villain, we will theorize that they would make a better hero. Would you like to go first, and did you order them accordingly? I did not order them accordingly. But you may go first. Okay. Number five. Domino. Why? Why even pretend to be a good guy? (laughs) Just, you kill people... You do it for money. It's just because you like cable that you're considered a good guy. Just do what you want. You already do it. Be a bad guy. It's a good. Well, do you consider Punisher a bad guy? Um, that's a that's a gray area. He could he could be like bad guy, meaning you know do it for money or kill innocent people or whatever. So no. Okay. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I kind of think that. Uh... Domino and Punisher kind of cut from the same cloth. I never thought about that, but yeah, I suppose so. All right, I'm going to go with Magneto. (laughs) It's time for Magneto to go back to being a villain, a bad guy. That's what he does best. Do you think we're going to come out of Axis with that? I hope so. (laughs) But but then the other part is I love his his series, though. And his series, he is, is like a gray series. It's not a black or white, you know, good guy, bad guy. It's very gray, but it's a dark gray. <laughs> <laughs> right, a dark gray. Yep, that's true. But I miss the days when 
the X-Men were going up against Magneto for this or going up against Magneto for that. I miss that that stuff. I would have to I think I think the the best status quo for him would be like, "Oh, we don't want to uh, attract his attention cuz he's a really bad villain. Uh he's got his own agenda, but he's a villain because he does it the wrong way, not because his his goal is bad, but because he goes about it." And so like the era that I know about where he was on Asteroid M or where he was kind of in hiding and you know, if you saw him, it was a big deal. Like, "Oh my goodness, that's yeah. Magneto. <laughs> like that's kind of that's kind of I think how it should be. I could go for that. Number 4, Sentry. Sentry would make a fantastic villain. Just all out like all of a sudden he comes back, he just wants what's his and they have to defeat him. It would be fantastic. Is he not a villain? No, he's a hero. Oh, he's a bad guy. Did you see what he did in his last appearance? He died. Well, but he ripped Ares in half. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes, but he was he's mentally ill and confused. <laughs> All right. Number 2. She-Hulk. You think that she should be a villain? I said I why not? You know, it's something <laughs> new for her character. They've tried I mean, how many series has She-Hulk had? Three, four, seven? I don't know. Uh, yeah, like 82. You know, they've never tried her as a villain, so let's have her be bad. Huh. And so you would have a solo series, or she would just show up? She can just show up. These, Yeah, these characters don't have their, have their own series. Okay, so kind of like Wonder Man was with Avengers, or Revengers, or Devengers, or whatever they were? Yeah. Okay. All right. We kind of saw a little bit of that in Avengers Disassembled. Yeah, but it was only for an issue. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I don't know. She just... They've tried so many things to get her to be successful, so let's see what she's like as a villain. <laughs> yeah. And it's All so right. much not in her character, so... Right. You would. It would be a big stretch. I tried to, I tried to pick people that it would be like just crossing over the line and like you would fit more comfortable in in this spot wouldn't you don't you think i don't... think i did that with with everybody but two of mine well is she hulk one of those two yeah because that's a that's a big change from who she is okay all right i got gotcha. you uh number three taskmaster i think he could be a great good guy like, uh, if you count Deadpool as a good guy, I think Taskmaster could be a really good, good guy. We see a little bit of that. How? <laughs> How? Tell me now. <laughs> we saw um, Taskmaster as, like, a mercenary or contract killer um, with a little bit of a conscience down when uh, Udon was, was doing the art on the Deadpool title. I think Gail Simone maybe was writing it. Um, mm-hmm. This was a while ago. Uh and then also, we see him in Avengers Initiative or Avengers Academy. I think Avengers Initiative, he's not that bad of a guy. And then also in um, the Secret Avengers, the Nick Spencer run of Secret Avengers. I don't know. He mm-hmm. he kind of like does things for his own, but ultimately it seems like as long as he has self-preservation in mind, he can do good things. Why not? He seems like the irredeemable Ant-Man type guy. 
You think? I unless I'm reading him completely wrong and just looking at the anomalies and not the 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 rule. I think he could. I would love to read him as a as a good guy. Yeah, he just seems so bad. <laughs> That's where I was just coming from. <laughs> um, Loki is my next one. Is he needs to stop towing the line and just get bad again? Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say he needs to turn good. No, no. Back in the day, Loki was like Red Skull, Apocalypse, Magneto, Doctor Doom, bad guy. And now he's just been movieized and kind of sometimes good, sometimes bad, toes the line. He just needs to be the big bad guy with the horns that's getting on everybody's nerves. Okay, so you're <laughs> you're taking Scott's role on this? He's been cutting mo- in and out. Mo- you, he's been movieized. He definitely has been movieized, without <laughs> a doubt. You don't think so? No, he probably has, but I mean, I think that that might fit him because it's he's the god of mischief. He's not the god of evil, you know. Yeah, but he was ne- He's his character has definitely taken a turn. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, when he was female uh, Loki, he was still pretty bad you know oh, yeah and then but when he became kid and now teen loki he's kind of like oh why won't you trust me yeah exactly i'm an agent of asgard no not loki loki doesn't do that <laughs> all right uh my number two craven the hunter that guy could be a fantastic good guy talk to me okay he goes out he's a, a lot of my stuff you know he he's got that I read, he's got personal vendettas, which you can set those aside. Uh, I'm basing this a lot off of the 1990s Spider-Man, where he is trying to save the love of his life and <laughs> not necessarily just trying to make a name for himself. Like in the 1610 universe, the whole reason he hunts Spider-Man is because he's a TV star, so he wants to be famous and kill Spider-Man. But I really think with his his power set, he could be an awesome street level. Like he's like a He's like a Black Panther without all the regal trappings. Uh, he could be a, a great uh, tracker. Um, I think if he got a, a functional costume, he could do a lot like an urban setting. And you could do a whole series about like uh, like an urban jungle theme um, where, you know, there, I see a lot of analogies and a lot of metaphors where you could actually make it a fun series uh, where you could say, you know, all the politics and all the gangster and crime and everything that goes on here. Um, we have all that in the jungle, but in this form and, you know, focus on a lot of things that he doesn't understand. Um, you know, why do, why do people act this way? You know, the, the, that goes against the natural way and stuff like that. So I think, I think it would, it would make a very interesting story. He could almost be like the new Wolverine. I I guess he could. I don't find him as interesting, or, or I guess I don't find him as entertaining as Wolverine. But why not no, give it a shot? Yeah, just uh, I mean, he's kind of he's a feral tracker. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Put some claws on and head out. Well, I think that this guy has a lot more acquired skill, and Wolverine had that survival instinct type of thing, which you, I don't know which is 
more admirable or, or uh, more interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And he's a whole lot of crazy. <laughs> that, that could add into it, too. Uh, my, my, my fourth one is Danger, because she was an excellent villain, but a weak hero. Yes. yes. She was terrifying in Astonishing X-Men. I just I didn't know how they were gonna get out of this, <laughs> but as a hero, she's just been nerfed totally. She's nerfed. She's been macking on Warlock. Yeah, but even in the before that, when she was with the X Club and stuff. Oh, the X Club. Oh, oh. When you have a when a bad guy comes after the X Men, all they had to do was keep drinking Starbucks and send Danger after them. <laughs> but Danger always got defeated by this or by that, or they didn't think to send Danger out, and she's just not very interesting. Right. But to have her as the villainous the villainous um, Danger Room, basically, roaming the Earth, you know, is much scarier than what she's doing now with X-Factor. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, that's a good choice. That's a good pick. Thank um, you. My number one is Reed Richards. Just mm. do it. Just do it, man. <laughs> just just go go bad. Like, it makes total sense after reading a little bit of Ultimate Fantastic Four, after reading <laughs> Marvel Zombies, after looking at the uh, Hickman's run on Fantastic Four, and after, uh, you know, looking at Hickman's Avengers and how everything fits together... This guy, his morality is based on what he can do scientifically. Not what is right, not what is wrong, not human will or emotions. It's just like, oh, you know what would be interesting? I bet we could do this. I think that would further the progress of humanity. No, Reed, that's a terrible idea. You could (laughs) – no, but I really think we could. I'm going to go ahead and do it because I think scientific discovery needs to be made regardless. Like, he would be not one of those brooding villains like Wizard who says, oh, why am I always getting beat? You know, he would just be like, I don't know why, I don't understand why you guys are trying to stop me. We have to do this for the sake of science moving forward and progress, humanity moving forward. And that would make such an interesting villain that he would outsmart you and with no malice at all, just trying to keep getting it done, you know? Yeah. Like, what do you, how are you going to do this? You're going to, this guy, you're going to have to kill this guy to make him stop because he's so smart. You can't incarcerate him. You know, you can't. And so it'd be interesting. There would, I don't know if there would be much character development, but I think it's really neat that they're not using him. They're not using his superpower at all. I no. have hardly seen his superpower be used maybe in Fraction's run, but not really in Hickman's run, not in the current Avengers or anything, not in new Avengers. His he, his sole character trait is figuring out how to do stuff that is morally ambiguous. Mm. So That's a good point. I, I, I think that he would be... That's why he was my number one leading up to that. Like He's basically a villain because he's got, his moral compass is all wrong. Do you think you could also switch him out for guys like Beast or Iron Man? Um, Beast's track record recently, within the past few years, 
you can make a case for that. You know, Beast, Forge, those those two guys. Iron Man, I think that he's just so arrogant, but he will stop and say, we can't do this technology, or I understand the, the downside of this technology, and that's why I put these uh, safeguards in place. You know, his safeguards may fail, but at least he recognized how it could be misused. Mm-hmm. You know, Beast, I think, is... He's he's to a point in his his life where he's like, well, we're gonna have to do this for the mutant race, and yeah, I'll help these humans, and uh, but pretty much I just care about preserving the mutant race and keeping the peace, and this is how I'm gonna do it, and if I have to kill people to do it, that's fine. Gotcha. I think your pick was excellent. Why? Thank that's you. <laughs> Mine is definitely off the beaten path. Okay. I went with Rhino. Rhino! I considered him. Did you? Yeah, lay it on me. What you think? Well, Rhino's always been kind of dull. Like, he's one of those, definitely one of those villain of the weeks. Like, oh, he can show up in a Spider-Man title or a Hulk title or, you know, an X-Men solo title or whatever. And they take care of him in a couple minutes and then they move along with the story. He's never had much of a, a bright, shining story. I mean, I think maybe of that Tangled Web. Is that what it was, that that Spider-Man series, Tangled yeah, Web? Yeah, where he got smart. Yeah, Yeah, like that. But outside of that, like there aren't these standout, amazing pieces done on Rhino. He's always the big, dumb villain that gets beat quickly. So maybe he could decide to just give all that up and try to use his powers to redeem himself a little bit, similar to how Juggernaut tried to redeem himself when he joined X-Men. And, you know, it could eventually fail, and that'd be fine, but it would give him some depth and grow him a little bit. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I feel like they tried to do that one time, or he tried to do that um, in Spider-Man Gauntlet, I think. Really? During- during Brand New Day? Did you read uh-huh. those? I did. Didn't he try to be a good guy and then like somebody else took over the rhino mantle and he was like, I can't let this happen and his wife got killed or something? Hmm. I vaguely, like super vaguely. But I, I think you're right. And I think that him as a character is an argument for um, running out of options. It's like, well, I'm not that smart. I don't know what to do. This is the only skill I have, and you're asking me not to use it. Um, you know, and then he just resorts to it because he, he runs out of ideas. You know, you show me that, that like, well, if you, if you hit, then if you show me somebody who hits or punches or uses violence, then you're showing me somebody who's run out of ideas type of thing. I got you. But I think that him... Uh, the story of his redemption, I think, would be really interesting. Yeah, so they should do it. Yeah, do it. Good pick. Thanks. All right, do we have time to hit some uh, State of the Union? I think we could uh, maybe not hit all of them. Okay, all right, all right, let's do it. The State of Our Union. All right, State of the Union. Jared, lay it on me. 
what news do we have? Dude. Dude. Did you see the Age of Ultron trailer? <laughs> yes, I did. Right right before the show. I did. I don't know how you waited that long. <laughs> but tell me your thoughts. Um... I think it's interesting. I'm tired of I'm, I'm tired of seeing Iron Man bad guys. So all the drone Iron Man things, you know. But when he said this is the end of the road of the course that I've sent us on, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense to me. And so I'm interested in seeing that. I was excited about seeing the Hulkbuster armor. I would I loved it when Black Widow's motorcycle fell out of the the copter or the you know the jet or whatever the quinjet the quinjet i'm sorry uh yeah dude that that was awesome but i'm just i'm a little nervous that it's going to turn into like super it's like avengers mixed with terminator uh how about you well i screamed after i watched it (laughs) 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 it was so good we got this we were at church when it came out, and I got home, and I was like, how did I miss this? And so we watched a real grainy version, and Marvel tweeted uh, blank Hydra because they were blaming the leak on Hydra. So I thought that was kind of clever because it leaked. the trailer leaked early because um, it was supposed to leak on Tuesday during Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and uh, so then they finally gave up. They were taking it down every website they could find, and they finally just gave up and released a high-def version. Awesome. So that was cool to hook up the computer to the TV and watch it on the big screen. And I'm so excited. I, I just don't know how to wait until May, May 1st for this. Yes, it, that's a long ways away. Holy cow. I mean, the wait between Guardians and the next one, which is Avengers... You know, August to May, that's too long to go (laughs) without a Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, these things need to be every three to four months. (laughs) That's true. If they did that, then we would be like, oh, I can't wait for the next one. Oh, I can't wait for the next one. Then when the DVD comes out, then it's like you have a couple weeks to get you all re-jazzed up for the next release. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Exactly. Like, we were just spoiled because, you know, we had Cap in April. Then we had Spider-Man. Then we had X-Men, and then we had Guardians of the Galaxy. I know, dude. So it was just like every couple weeks, oh, new new comic book movie, and it was great. And now we're like, well, I've got Big Hero 6 coming. <laughs> Is that yeah. even considered a comic book movie at this point? Well, Marvel's not, they're not really, you know, promoting it too much, but it's, it's what we have to deal with. You know, that's what we have to take. <sighs> but that's a whole sidebar, but... Age of Ultron, I, I think it just the Hulkbuster versus Hulk, um, the 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 Ultron drones climbing up the side of the the cliff where Tony Stark's mansion is, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, the the Pinocchio music in the background was like haunting. <laughs> uh, Captain America's shield broken. Now, when I saw Captain America in his costume, dude, he looks so good. It's yeah. just when you see him, it like to me, it's like, oh my goodness, this is this is Captain. This is what Captain America would look like in real life. Yeah, like this is him. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing it's, to me. 
And it didn't even include, you know, there was, oh, did you see Andy Serkis? No, what, who's that? Andy Serkis is the guy that played Gollum. No, uh. He appears, he does a, it's just him, and he has a beard and a, a, a beard without a mustache. Oh, and, I did see him, yeah. Like on the ship or something, like right after they showed the ships? They're saying that he's going to be Claw. Really? And and they've done they've shown all these pictures. He looks exactly like Ulysses Claw, exactly like, like him. It, Claw the sound villain. Yeah. Oh. Before he's transformed, that's exactly how Claw looked. I'm like, oh, Black Panther. <laughs> oh wow. Vibranium. That's pretty cool. I did like um, I did like the guy. Who's the guy who plays Ultron? What's his name? James Spader. Yeah, he did a good inflection and voice of Ultron. Yeah, he's going to be scary. Yeah. And then when he says, I don't know if this part's going to be in the movie, but he says, yeah, my strings are cut. Whew. Mm -hmm. It was pretty good. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that Pinocchio music was in the background, and then he says that. Like, (laughs) So awesome. I can't wait. I just, I got to figure out a way to see it early. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, what else do you want to hit? So we had Age of Ultron trailer, and then we had some more movie news. We had, you know, Robert Downey Jr. announced an Iron Man 4 on Ellen, and then on David Letterman, he said there wasn't going to be an Iron Man 4. What? So, not quite sure what's going on there. Okay. And But then he did announce that he's going to be in Captain America 3. That's going to be cool. Is it going to be Civil War, you think? what everybody's saying it's going to be civil war dude i am on board with that (laughs) are you oh yeah yeah i didn't think it would be this early i guess i thought it would wait a little bit more but it makes sense i mean from what i hear chris evans doesn't really want to stay in the marvel universe yeah he's only contracted for avengers 2 captain america 3 and avengers 3 well another movie after captain america 3 so there's lots of speculation about what that's going to be, whether it will be Avengers 3 or Avengers 4. Well, somebody was telling me that, you know, with Civil War, with Sony making the deal possibly with Marvel, Spider-Man pay- plays such a huge role in Civil War. It would be awesome in Captain America 3 if Spider-Man showed up. Dude, that would that would be awesome. I don't know why that would be in Cap 3 and not like Avengers 3 or whatever. Or what, Avengers Civil War. That's why I'm kind of thinking Spidey isn't going to, if that deal does go through and it is legit, that I don't think Spidey's going to be in Captain America 3. If they're going to bring Spider-Man into the Marvel Universe, I think they're going to do it in a big tentpole way that the story's going to have a lot. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm excited about that idea. I think, it's, I think it would be really good, and the chemistry between the two actors and the, the tension and everything. Mm-hmm. It could be awesome. It really could be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like a Captain America 3 sounds like it's going to be basically Avengers 3. Right. Because if they're going to do Civil War, you know, they're going to... It's going to be more than just Iron Man and Captain America in the movie. Right, yeah, that's the part I don't get. I mean, it's got to be a pretty ambitious movie. And, uh, you know, the Russo brothers are directing it. They're the ones that directed Winter Soldier. So... That's perfect because they did. They couldn't have done that movie any better. 
So I, I'm pretty excited. I think Marvel. I, I want some more announcements now, though, because I need some. I've got this big puzzle, and it's missing all these pieces. I'm really interested in. Have you seen all these previews for all these old stories that have already taken place? Yeah, what's going on with those? What's oh, your? You kind of got a theory, don't you? I have a theory. All right. So what have we seen? We've seen years of future past. We've seen Civil War. Um, we've seen Infinity Gauntlet, right? We've seen uh, Old Man Logan. Did we really? Yeah. Oh man, are you serious? We Who's the art on that? Is it McNevin? Yeah. We saw World War Hulk. I have not seen. Are these all posted on the Facebook page? Posted every morning around 10, 10 a.m. Oh, dude. Okay. All right. I'll check. I'll check those out. Yet another reason to be on Facebook. Oh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you think is going on here? I have no clue. Okay. I think that this is summer 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do they all say summer 2015? They do. Okay. I think that we are going to see time run out with the Avengers. With all the incursions, and when time runs out and everything else catches up, then we understand, we'll start to understand what's going on with um, Avengers, the giant story, which still is everything dies. I believe that everything is going to snap together. The multiverse and time is going to snap together and i think this has to do with age of ultron too how they broke the time you know time stream or whatever mm-hmm. and we are going to start going backward in time with little variations in the stories and so what we're seeing is a bunch of one shots they're not limited series they're probably one shots that say this is how you know going backwards in time from this point will hit you know, in a backwards successive order, um, Old Man Logan, World War Hulk, you know, all these events that we had, and it'll kind of be like a what-if thing, but it'll all be leading back to the inception of the Marvel Universe, probably will all come back to the Super Soldier being created, or the Fantastic Four, or who knows, John, you know, Hammond, Jim Hammond being created with Timely Comics. And then once we hit back at that point, then I think a Marvel reboot. So you think it's all going to go backwards? Yeah. Yeah. But So it would just be a bunch of one-shots going backwards? Yeah, one-shots, but like kind of a what-if scenario, but still in the main 616 you know, universe. Hmm. Does that make sense or no? Kind of. Then, I think I think that we're going to see time is going to run out, then the universe is going to die and it kind of implode on itself. Kind of like if you stretch a rubber band too far and it snaps, it's going to come back at you with a recoil. So if if the time stream is your rubber band and you stretch it too far and you start putting all this pressure on it and it snaps, then it's going to come back from where it came from and then, you know, recoil back the other way and i think that's what we're going to be seeing and then after that recoil after that recoil i think that they're going to start over it's going to be a reboot 
<laughs> and everything is going to be more on par with the movies and everything. Oh, that'd be so sad. Yep. So then do you think it would all the stuff would still count that we've read? Still count. Then we we had this conversation, right? We did, but uh, I with this theory. I I don't know, man. It would be Marvel for a new generation. So it may not. You know, and if I was a writer for Marvel, I would if it was my livelihood, I would probably jump to DC or I would do something else for a while and say, all you know, I put all my effort into these stories and now I even though I helped orchestrate it, I helped orchestrate everything coming to an end, I can't go on. And as far as editorial, I wouldn't want people to go on and be like, Oh, well it's still basically Hickman's uh, Avengers, you know, he's going to continue on the book. Kind of like, I know you don't know this, but uh, Jeff Johns on Green Lantern, like every DC book restarted except Green Lantern. It just was in the New 52, but the story just kept going. And everybody was like, well, what happened here? Oh, it's John's book, so we're not going to touch it. No, but I did not know that. Yeah, but it's still in the New 52, and there's still changes, but we're going to continue this you know, ongoing storyline. Huh. Yeah. So you think they would go to DC even though DC has basically rebooted many times? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's being, becoming way more lucrative to do creator-owned projects. We, we used to see a trend of people doing you know, creator-owned projects to get into Marvel, but now that's not really the case as much. You know, A lot of people figure if you go to Marvel or you go to DC, you're selling out where you could put out better books before. But the problem is you can't support a family and you can't support yourself on, you know, doing uh, Image or Dark Horse comics or Boom comics. Um, so you're going to have to be writing novels or doing other stuff also. And so, you know, you need to go to Marvel to kind of supplement your income. But a lot of people break into Marvel, make a name for themselves, and then sell their own books and actually do quite well. Yeah. So it's a it the trend is becoming opposite, and so I you know I don't know I don't know what people would want to do. I know that as a fan I would feel defeated if they did that, and I put you know I would what I would start doing is start picking out all my favorite storylines and buying all those trades, and I might not read anything new. I might say okay, well it's going to take me years to reread all the ones I love, so sure when I get started. Yeah, because I. I mean, we've spent tens of thousands of dollars. That's sad, but yes. We we have. I just look at my comic book room, and there's tens of thousands of dollars, not only in books there, but stuff, you know? And then to redo it, oh, that doesn't count anymore. Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah. So that's my theory. Because... They can't all be events for a summer of 2015, right? No. So. Well, but I I think you hope this too that you're wrong. Oh, I I hope I'm wrong, but the downside of me being wrong is if I'm right, there's still a chance for quality stories whether or not I like where the stories are going. If I'm wrong, and they're doing these things and rehashing old stuff because they've run out of ideas, or they say, ha-ha, we're going to do a bunch of what-ifs, and 
then that just sucks, man. You know? Well, I'd be fine if those were all, like, what-ifs. Well, right, but you can pass them up. But how often do they do teasers for (laughs) what-ifs? Never. Right. I think there was one time they did it, um, and it was for uh, the Clone Saga. Like, um, they did a what-if Clone Saga limited series, like, three years ago. Mm -hmm. I think in 2000, yeah, 2011. You remember that? Kind of. They were releasing all the puzzle pieces for Mary Jane and Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was some some what if because you saw the Scarlet Spider costume, the old one and everything. Well, I think this would be, this would be fine, like, to eat crow on this, you know? Oh, for us? Yeah, this is one where, like, please let it be crow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't want that. I don't want that to happen. All right, anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? Um, we got your theory, series cancellations, movie news. Oh, two other things. Okay. Real quick. Um, you watching Agents of Shield? Not yet. Okay. Well, you should. Okay. This last episode I was like, I need popcorn. I was on the edge of my seat for it. So it was good. <laughs> good. Um Good. The other thing is, Fox is shopping around an X-Men TV series a la X-Factor Investigations. Really? What What would you think about something like that? Uh, if it's Madrox, I think it, I think it could be cool. I think it, I, I love that Peter David team. I thought, I thought it was good. You do could think, do a lot of stories with it. You could. I mean, every TV show on these days is the detective crime story. This would just be with mutants. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With like CSI, you know, Westchester. <laughs> but but I guess this kind of lends to a bigger question and is, you know, DC just revealed all their movies that they're doing between now and 2020. Um, DC has 100 million TV projects in the works. Do you think it's too much too fast and we might be hitting an oversaturation? That is an excellent question, but like you just said, we have a, a bunch of uh, procedural crime dramas that's been going on since. I mean, that's been a long time, man. We yeah. have that and medical, uh, and you know, reality TV and stuff like that. It kind of comes and goes, but as Marvel has shown us, you can do a whole lot of different genres with uh, their properties. It doesn't have to be all campy comic oh, sure. book stuff. I think Marvel, I think the difference, though, is that Marvel has really taken time and has been building since 2006, I believe. They've been building their universe. And DC has kind of been like, all right, here's Batman, Superman, here's Green Lantern, Green Lantern, here's Cyborg, here's Wonder Woman, here's JLA. Yeah, but are you talking about a saturation for TV? Um, Kind of, well, I think with DC, their hit is... All at once. They're punching the TV and the the movie buttons all at the same time. Like Marvel did, you know what, we're going to do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to try that out for a year. All right, that did well. Now we're going to move, we're going to continue Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But so that there's not such a lull in programming, we're going to have this miniseries Agent Carter in between the break. And then we're also going to branch off and have this side thing on Netflix. All the while doing two... Point five movies a year, you know, 
Whereas DC is like, we're we're doing a Static Shock show. We're going to do um, a Supergirl show. We're doing a Flash show. We've got Wait, they they announced those things, Static Shock and Supergirl. Yeah, they're wow. shopping those around. So they're doing all these TV shows plus just throwing every property they can find from Suicide Squad to Aquaman at the movie screen. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's definitely a different way that DC is taking this approach than Marvel is. So I just wasn't sure kind of what you thought about that. Um, you know, as far as as far as saturation of the market to ruin it for the properties that we like, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that because Marvel has a good handle on it and is creative enough to come up with different genres like we saw the comedy for a space comedy, you know. Um, as far as the saturation of the market with just crap stuff or, you know, stuff that's just thoughtless, it's possible, but I think that it's going to, that Marvel can set itself apart by doing it correctly. Yeah. But no, the, the, the issue is going to be if, um, if non-Marvel studios are um, the ones that mess it up for Marvel studios with Marvel properties. Let's get to the sponsors and get out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't go away angry. Just go away. Just go. This is Marvel 616 Politics. Thank you for joining us for episode 74. Uh, you can always, always email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website, marvel616politics.com. Go check out those t-shirts. Go ahead, order a couple. I will be ordering several Probably all different colors. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at 616politics. You can also hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash marvel616politics. You can give us a call with a question or a witty response that you'd like to hear played on the air. Even if you just want to hear your name mentioned, go ahead and give us a call at 616-755-TINA. Also look us up on Instagram and on YouTube under marvel616politics. And we are sponsored by DCBService.com, Discount Comic Book Service. Uh, well, it's the best place on the web to get all your comic books and fill all your comic needs. And you get 40% off. Why would you not go there? DCBService.com. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership, www.crpsavings.com. They are a discount membership service for all of your purchases through Office Depot. Check them out for $39 for a lifetime membership. Get everything you want discounted. We're also sponsored by MichaelWebSolutions.com. For all of your marketing and SEO needs, check out MichaelWebSolutions.com. And I believe that's it. We had a lot of topics tonight, man, but... It was mostly because Deidre broke her arm, and so we had to, you know, move the show back and talk about that. So. Yeah, we really only heard like two topics because we talked about Deidre for forty-five minutes. Oh, that girl, she's so spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so until next time, make yours Marvel six one six politics. I enjoyed it.
the story, I really liked Ellis's six issues because they were so standalone. But um, are you vacuuming? Actually, that's the custodian. I'm sorry. Should we <laughs> pause until he's done? <laughs> it's in the next room and the door is closed, man. It definitely sounds like you're vacuuming. <laughs> that's clearest day. That's that's a bummer. Am I keeping you? No, why? Because I hear you doing a million things in the background. I'm sorry. You were vacuuming earlier. (laughs) I'm vacuuming. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make sure that we didn't lose anything on the the podcast here. Well, if I'm keeping you too long, I apologize. 